Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to talk to you this morning about the power of the spoken word. It is in line with spiritual warfare and yet I'm going to deviate a little bit from what I started last week and telling you why confessions work and I gave you about three points and I said there were five in all but I just want to suspend that for right now and go straight to <clears throat> what I believe the Lord wants me to share with you this morning and given time we will get to that. I want you to go with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16. The book of Isaiah chapter 34, verse 16. It says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. You seek out of the book of the Lord. What do you think the book of the Lord is? What do you think the book of the Lord is? This is not a, the Bible. <laughs> what do you think it is? In the Bible. This, this is not a, a tricky question. <laughs> seek you out of the book of the Lord. Seek out of the Bible and read. And you know why God wants you to read? Because what you read is what you hear. And what you hear has the likelihood of persuading you. What you read and hear can persuade you, can influence you, can convict you can get you to the place where you can change your life, your behavior, your conduct to reflect what you read and what you heard from reading. God has made you to be such where you can be affected by what you read and by what you hear. That's why Jesus said, judge what you hear. You know, there we have two spiritual kingdoms out there. We have the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. In a sense, we have the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of the word. The kingdom of the world has L in that, W-O-R-L-D, the kingdom of the word doesn't have the L. So the only difference between the two kingdoms is the word L. What do you think the L stands for? I heard a man of God says, say this, that the L stands for lie. Lying. That means that the kingdom of the world, what they say to you, what you read and what you hear from the kingdom of the world will have lies to go with it. The kingdom of the word doesn't have the L, therefore not the lies to go with it. So if you have the kingdom of the world and you're paying attention to the kingdom of the world, the world system, the Bible tells us There's a God of this world. There is a God of this world. And this God, what he likes to do is to blind the minds of those who are persuaded by him. And the purpose of the kingdom of the world with the L in it is to bring lies to deceive people to blind their minds for what purpose? So that they will not receive the, the glorious light of the gospel. Amen. 
Look with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, let us start from verse 3. We're going to read verses 3 and 4. It says, but if our gospel be hid, remember the gospel is in the book of the Lord, which is the Bible, right? But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. It is hid to them that are lost. Who is a lost person? The person who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They may be all right on the outside, but on the inside they stink. That's what Jesus said. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, those who stink on the inside, but look good on the outside. (laughs) Next verse. It says, in whom the God of this world, in whom the God of this world, don't forget the L in the word, in whom the God of this lying kingdom, kingdom filled with lies, had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. <clears throat> so therefore, it is important for us to know, when we're seeking, let's go back to Isaiah 34, verse 16. If we're seeking the book of the Lord, we are seeking the book that does not have lies that can persuade us and blind our minds not to receive what's in it. That's why it's important that we come to church or as you're watching us on YouTube and, and Facebook, that you get give yourself your attention to the word of God. Because you attend to something. You either attend to the word of God or you will attend to the world's word which is the God of this world. You follow? And the Bible tells us the God of this world is limited. He doesn't know everything. But God on the other hand of this Bible knows everything. How do we know it? The Bible says had the princes of this world known they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So the God of this world is limited in his knowledge even concerning you. He doesn't know you like your father God knows you. The Bible tells us that indeed God looks on the heart not on the outside appearance and he looks on your heart and you are born again child of God. He sees you as his child. He sees you in Christ perfect. The devil on the other hand, the God of this world, who doesn't know everything, is waiting to get clues by virtue of your behavior to find out who you are. Would that what comes out of your mouth and what you say. That's why I'm going to be talking to you about the power of the spoken word. Without what comes out of your word, out of your mouth, the words that you speak, he will not know what's in your heart. The only way he would know is what comes out of you. And so if he hears you say that you are sick, then obviously he says, okay, if this person says that they are sick, Let me send to him or to her the spirit of infirmity, one of my demons, to go and afflict them. Because they're calling for what they want. He said, Pastor, if that's the case, if I go to the doctor, I'm not saying that I'm sick. There's a certain way to say when you go to the doctor, he will ask you what is wrong with you. And you will tell him or her what is wrong with you. But there's a certain way that you make the statement and you continue making the statement. When I was coming in, uh, Brother Gary would tell you, I was walking and the, the door just opened and it hit the toe, my toes in my shoe. And I, I looked at him and I said, boy, if I want to scream. It was so painful. Well, the first thing I said is that I said, you remember what you heard what I said? I said, I thank you, Father, for healing me. 
that's a fasting. I was wondering how I would climb up this steps to come up here and preach to you. That's how painful it was. But, 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 but you have to determine what comes out of you when you encounter something that has a determination of trying to find what's in you. What's in you. When you go through something, what's in you comes out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mind speaks. And what is in you is there's a, it doesn't make a difference what you encounter. It is not your condition. It's your position in Christ. It is not your, con- your condition is not permanent. Your condition is temporary. But your position in Christ is permanent. And what is permanent will always change a condition that is temporary. Oh, praise the Lord. In fact, this is what the Bible says about that. I'm trying to get to my message, but I'll get there. So go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And let's pick up from verse 16. Chapter 4, verse 16. It says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You know what the inward man is? It's your spirit. It's who you really are. The Bible says God renews it day by day. That's why your spirit never dies. Hello? Because it's renewed day by day. Imagine if your body was like that. It would be like that during the rapture when your body is glorified. It will be renewed day by day. But right now it's your spirit, your real who you are, that is renewed day by day. Next verse. Next verse. For our light affliction, God sees our condition as a light affliction. Now, we think it's so heavy. And, you know, we don't want to make light of it because, you know, what is little for somebody is too much for somebody else. We understand that. But in God's eyes, remember, uh, uh, the Lord said to me, son, I just want you to know what discernment is. Sometimes we try to make it so complicated as to what discernment is. I want discernment. I walk in this. This is the simple thing about it. It's see things with my eyes. And if you're going to see things with God's eyes, you're going to see things based upon what the word of God has said. That's how you get discernment. Look at the situation, the condition that you are in with God's eyes. For example, when we look at our behavior, we don't see righteousness sometimes in us because we mess up, we nut up, we do something stupid and crazy and we look at ourselves that way and we say, well, how can I be righteous based on what God is saying? God sees me through his word to me. And his word to me is that the moment I accepted his son Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, from here on to eternity, I will stand before him blameless and holy. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thank you for listening to our program uh, this morning. And uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to come into my life. Take it and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding. For the Word of Life changes lives.
Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. So if I have to have discernment about who I am or who you are, my discernment will be based upon what God sees in me, sees about me, and he sees me in Christ. Uh, let me put that to you. I, I, I'll get back to this. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. And let's look at starting from verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. It says that, uh, you all know this. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now you think about it. And I, 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 I got a revelation of this some time ago. Maybe 20 years ago when I taught this. It says that you are blessed with all spiritual blessings. And the word all in Greek means everyone. <laughs> Sometimes you can talk about all of something of one kind. I want all the pies on the buffet table. It doesn't include everything else on the buffet table if you say all. You know what I'm saying? But if you say I want everything on the buffet table, you, you're talking about all. I wish the, the Greek translation to English had said that we are blessed with every one of blessings in heaven places in Christ Jesus. But all, that's what it means in Greek. All right. So, next verse quickly. It says, according as he has chosen us in him, according as he has chosen us in him, according as he has chosen us in him. Do you know he chose you before he made the world? Before he created the world, he chose you. He says here, he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Before creation, he chose you. When he chose you, he had a reason for choosing you. One reason is that he wants you to stand before him holy and without blame before him in love. So if you want discernment as to who you are, see things, see yourself as God sees you. And God sees you to be holy and without blame. Ooh. Are you listening to me here? God sees you holy and without blame. That's how he sees you. So if you want the discernment, sometimes some people, the discernment they have always see negative things about people. Always about the wrong things that people are doing. Hello? And so if you see, the Lord said to me, son, discernment simply means seeing things with my eyes. See things with my eyes. And the way I see you, I see you based upon the act of my will because I chose you in Christ, in, your, in, in my son, in my Lord and Savior, I chose you in him even from the foundation of this world. Even before creation, he chose me. And he chose you also. So do you think God was wrong in choosing you? Do you think God was wrong? I mean, what we was wrong is that he, he didn't think well of his choice by choosing you. The moment he chose you, he chose you without blame, and he chose you holy. Okay, praise the Lord. So, let's go back to uh, uh, Isaiah 34, verse 16. It says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read, No one of these shall what? fail. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the power of the spoken word. And here we read that what comes out of the book, hmm, None of those things will what? Fail. I, I share with you one uh, man of God who's gone home to be with the Lord, uh, Bishop Idahosan is, is his name. Uh, he said this, this was almost 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago, and I was watching him on, on, um, on, on the television. This is what he said. He said, if you knew you could not fail, how big would your dream be? If you knew, you could not fail in whatever pursuit, whatever endeavor that you engage in. If you knew you could not fail, how big would your dream be? The Bible says the word from this book will not fail. 
So another way this word is described is that it is incorruptible. Incorruptible means that it works every time. And if you knew the word, the weapon of your warfare against this world system filled with lies, if you knew that that word could not fail, how big would your dream be? What would you be saying in a sense? What would come out of your mouth? Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Now, go with me to Jeremiah chapter 15, the book of Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Jeremiah chapter 15. It says, Thy words, talking about the word again, thy words were found, and I did eat them. How do you eat anything? Uh, it has to go through your mouth. Would you agree? Amen. <laughs> Thy words were found and I did eat them. You know, do you know the purpose of food is to nourish our bodies? You know, of course, sometimes we put junk in it, but anyway, the idea of food is to nourish because every living thing needs to be nourished needs to be nurtured, needs to be fed. Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. He said to Satan, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. And so your spirit man needs to eat from this living word every day. That's how it's nourished. It has to come out of your mouth. Really, if you believe the word could not fail. Why wouldn't you say it, use it as a weapon? You know, one of the greatest instruments or tools God gave man is his mouth. Your mouth is more powerful than any weapon you can think of. Any natural kind of weapon you can think of. What comes out of this mouth? James says that even the tongue, even though it's a small member, it boasts of big things. And, and uh, it kindles fire. I mean, it does so much. We'll, we'll get to that. I'm ahead of myself. But the point I want you to see is this. Uh, in Jeremiah, it says that words were found because he read the book. <laughs> he found his words, God's words, and he did eat them. To eat it is to meditate, to chew. You have to chew before you swallow, I hope. That's what all of us do, right? Even though sometimes we swallow our food, but you want to chew, masticate, chew, meditate, and swallow them. And said, that word was unto me, that word was unto me, the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Any child of God, any person who gets into this Bible and reads it will always be rejoicing. No matter what is going on, we'll always be rejoicing. Because you know the end of the story, and you win, praise the Lord. We win, praise the Lord. And so there's no way that we will allow ourselves to be overcome with grief, overcome with sorrow or sadness, uh, with anxiety, worry, or fear. No, we sang the song earlier, Jehovah Shalom, God was our peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not like the world gives, because the world, don't forget the L in the world. The world's peace is full of lies. Look at what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I can quote all this to you, but I want you to see that it's coming from the Bible. Uh, look with me to verse 3, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3. For when they shall say, peace and safety, the world now. Then sudden destruction cometh upon them as to prevail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape. The world will lie to people and let them think that well there is peace, that's alright. Bible says there will be a sudden destruction. But Jesus on the other hand tells us that his peace he gives unto us. Not as the world gives. I love him. Praise him. Do you love him? Oh, glory be to God. 
I mean, he, he says, I want to give you my peace. And, and, and I have a definition of peace that I've used many times here. He says that, that, that security, safety in the face of adversity. No matter how adverse a condition, a situation, a problem is to you, God will give you calmness and safety and security in all of it. Amen. Think about the, 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 the disciples with Jesus in the boat with them. And so long as Jesus was in the boat, even though the wind was boisterous, even the sea was boisterous, nonetheless, uh, the, he, Jesus, was calm. To the degree that those people, what made them, I mean, you can say, if Jesus is sleeping, I'll go to sleep too. They could have thought it that way. Oh, but somebody got into their ear. And what got into their ear was this, uh, and they went to Jesus, Master, Perish thou not that we perish. That's the first thing. They'll post a question to him. Don't you care that we're going down? How can you go down when the Lord himself is in the boat with you? The one who walks on water. Hallelujah. Somebody got into the Who is getting into your year today? Who is influencing you today? Who is wanting to change your behavior and your condition to, to not reflect what God sees you, but reflect how you see yourself while the world sees you? There's a lot of people whose lives are messed up all because of what people, they think people think of them or see them to be. Don't live your life based upon somebody else's expectation of you or uh, thoughts of, of you. Don't live your life that way. You will never, you will never have peace. You will never enjoy this life. Jeremiah said that uh, I, I found your book, I read your book, I ate your book, the word in the book, and I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. One of the favorite scriptures that I have, let's look at this in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. You all know this. I've used it often here. Habakkuk 3, 17. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. And it says, even though the vine, well, let me read it. Yeah, we haven't, I know Habakkuk is a challenging place to find it, but it's in the Bible. Okay, chapter 3, let's go to verse 17. It says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet, verse 18, I will rejoice. Everything was going contrary to what this prophet wanted to see happen in his life. But he said, yet. That's what we do. Well, even though I'm being attacked in my body, Yet I will say I am the healed of the Lord. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thank you for listening to our program uh, this morning. And uh, for those of you who have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, will you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you to come into my life. Take it and do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding, for the word of life changes lives.
Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. Even though I'm being attacked in my finances, I will say that my God supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Even though I'm being attacked with anxiety, I will declare the peace of God that passes all understanding rules my heart. Praise the Lord. I listen to me here. It's the power of the spoken word. You have to make a choice as what you will select to say. What you will choose to say. The most powerful tool God gave you was your mouth. Now, let's go back to uh, Jeremiah, what we're reading. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. He said, Thy words were fine, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name. That is it. You know you are called by the name of the Lord. You are called by the name Christ. That's why you are a Christian. A Christian. Jeremiah said he he was called by the name of the Lord. And and this is the thing here. We read, sometimes we sing the song, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Sikhanun, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi. All these are the different names of God. But those names of God were not to the benefit of God. God didn't give the names to himself. He didn't name himself that way for his benefit. He named himself that way for our benefit. So that when we enter into a covenant with him, then what his name, we take his name upon us. When you are in covenant relationship with someone, the person, especially in marriage, that the, 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 the wife takes the name of the husband. Are you getting me here? So, so it's, it's like now everything that a husband has is the wife's. At least it's supposed to be so. And everything the wife has is the husband's. But in America today, they do prenuptial and all of that. But uh, that is really not covenant at all. Covenant says in this arrangement, what is mine is yours, and what is yours is mine. And God is the one who brought up this concept of covenant and cut the covenant and said that whatever his name is, we can appropriate the name upon it. And so if he says Jehovah Jireh, I can say my God is Jehovah Jireh. So therefore, he is bound to supply me and provide for me. And I thank him for it. That's what God wants, to thank him for it. Praise the Lord. Now, so he says that I'm called by thy name. So when you say you are a Christian, that's what I'm going to start with this uh, teaching now. What does it mean to say that you are a Christian? Because a lot of people will tell you, oh, I'm a Christian. How do we know when, when they fill a form and they ask them about their uh, religious affiliation, they put on Christian. And they may be far from being born again. But in a so-called civilized society, it's better to say that you are a Christian than to say that you are a heathen. <laughs> Nobody, I've never seen any form on which somebody put down what is it, they put down heathen. Nobody wants that. And even if they are not Christian, they put on Christian. But what does that mean to say that you are a Christian? Well, this is what I want you to say. Are you ready for this? We know the word Christ is the Greek word Christos, which also means the charismatic or anointed one. And God prophesied before the anointed one showed up that there will be someday that someone will show up in this world with that anointing on him to be called the anointed one. So throughout the history of the Jewish nation, they look forward to the coming of the anointed one. Of course, they call that person a Messiah. 
So if there was anybody that could see Jesus and determine that, yes, indeed, this is the Messiah, this is the anointed one, it had to be the Jewish people. Because there was a book given to them that gave them information as to what the Messiah would do when he showed up. And even though he fulfilled it, there were those who didn't think that he was the Messiah for two reasons. Number one, they wanted him to be the one as the political leader of the nation, the king, if you will, and be the one to drive out the Romans uh, from Israel. That's what he wanted. They wanted. And Jesus, remember the Bible says, they came to make him a king, and he turned them down. That's when Judas began to think, you must not be the one. Because, of course, we are told, in addition to Jesus being the Messiah, he's also, we are also told that he's also king, king of kings and all of lords. But he came the first time not to be a king, even though he was born to be king. He will come the second time during the rapture to get all of us out here, and he will come back again after seven years of the, um, the uh, uh, what do you call, the tribulation to set up his kingdom on earth and rule the earth for a thousand years as a king of kings and a lord of lords. So they missed him because he was not political enough. He didn't want to grab hold of the reins of authority and power in the land and allow the Romans to continue to rule the land and as it were. The second reason why they missed Christ, Jesus as anointed one, was that they thought that if indeed he was a Christ, he would have to be someone uh, from the line of Judah. And even though he was born in Bethlehem and raised in the north in Galilee, they didn't know that indeed this Jesus had been born uh, in the hometown of David, from the line of David. Uh, I remember uh, the the blind Bartimaeus who on the road to Jericho, which uh, I've been on that road uh, when we visited Israel uh, some years ago. And the Bible says that this man, Bartimaeus, began to cry out. And this is, what, this is what he said. Son of David, have mercy on me. How can a blind man see with the eyes of God and singing men missed it? Because their minds were blinded by the God of this world. Brian Bartimaeus cried out. And the more he cried out, the more the disciples tried to keep him calm and said, no, stop, don't do that. Until Jesus called him and asked him to him and said, what do you want? So, Lord, so that I might see. He knew him to be, he knew the Messiah to have the rank and the title of the son of David. Why didn't the Pharisees the scribes, the doctors of law. Because they have yielded to the God of this world who has blinded their minds so they could not see the light of the gospel of Christ. Oh, praise the Lord. So now, when Jesus came, this is the first message that he gave in the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, that he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee. Why do you think they wanted to kill him when he said that? Especially the fact that, that he found the place which means he was looking for the place. One thing about, about Israel, that, that in Jewish people, when they read the, the, the Torah, they read it according to, it's like when you, you have uh, devotion books, uh, according to the day uh, of, of the week and the month and of the year, they have that. And so for them, Jesus didn't read what he was supposed to read that day. He looked for where 
Isaiah had quoted and declared this prophecy and read it from there that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And when they heard that, they were miffed. They were angry. How dare he say that he was whom he said that he was. At one point, Jesus said to them, okay, if you don't want to believe me that I am whom I say I am, then believe my works. Because when the Messiah comes, as he came, the Bible says that, that he will fulfill these things that we just read here in, in Luke chapter 4 verse 8. And Jesus did all of that and much more. In fact, John said, who wrote the uh, book of St. John, as well as the, 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 the first, second, and third John and the book of Revelation, and the one who called himself, oh, I like that, the one, the disciple that, the, the, that Jesus loved, the disciple that the Lord loved. Many times we want to demonstrate our love for God. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's more important to know that God loves you than that you love God. Because you will always fail in loving God. He will always be faithful in loving you. And if your faith is in, praise the Lord. If your faith is in God's love for you, your faith will not cease to work. Because faith worketh by love. What love? That God loves me. The first place every child must know is that their parent loves them. Then they can succeed in life. That's why how we raise our children in the home has a great uh, impact upon their success or failure in life. So God wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to spend your time knowing that he loves you more than you love him. Because if you love someone, you love them unconditionally. How many of us love God unconditionally? We try. We do our very best. And God knows who we are. He made us. He knows our constitution. He knows how we think and all that. He knows it. In fact, he said, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. He said that because he knows us. And so he wants you to dwell more on you knowing that he loves you. More so than you loving him. Hello? So this is the key here. That Jesus said, if you don't believe that I am who I say I am, then look at my works. The works that I do. The works prove that indeed I am that Messiah. Now, God chose you and I in Jesus even before he created the world. So that, what is that? The wind. Well, praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. And now uh, I want for those of you who have never had the opportunity to invite Jesus into your life uh, that you pray this simple prayer with me and say that Jesus, I invite you into my life. Thank you for using your blood to wash away all of my sins of yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever, so the Father in heaven can accept me and take me as his child. And I declare, because I believe that you are the Lord and the Savior, that I am now born again child of God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding. For the word of life changes lives.
Welcome to This Word is Your Life with Pastor Alexander Arthur, coming to you from Word of Life Christian Center International in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. He's my comforter, my helper. In him I do depend. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Well, praise the Lord. Now, <laughs> uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, uh, uh, this is so important that we understand who we are. I, I want to, the power of the spoken word must begin with knowing who you are. Amen. Knowing that you are a Christian, being, that means that knowing that you are anointed. What does that mean to be anointed? What does that mean? You know, I, I, I call anointing as a special oil, a special heavenly oil that God rubs on those that are his. Special heavenly oil that God rubs on those who are his to mark them that these are the ones that are his. And that oil, heaven oil, that works in heaven will also work in earth on the person that God has rubbed that oil on. Now, this oil, he has rubbed it on your spirit. Because when you became a Christian, you became an anointed one and in the spirit, God put this oil on your spirit to mark you for himself for all eternity. That is why this oil on your spirit will never make you be separated from God because it has the ability to keep you, to protect you and if the enemy came to try and move you away from God, Jesus said at one point, whoever God gives him Nobody in any way can take that person out of his hands. That's the anointed one who said that. And when the, when the anointing is on your spirit, you are marked by God for all eternity to be his. And so there's the anointing within and there's the anointing upon. And I'll give the message on anointing upon another time. But I want to talk about anointing within. Because the anointing within is what makes you who you are. The anointing on you is what gives you your function. Gives you your, your responsibility or your role. For example, there's an anointing within that all of us have. Because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we all have anointing upon us for service. My service to be a pastor and teacher. To be a pastor means that I have, I have the, the responsibility of spiritual oversight over you. To make sure that, that I give you the word, the food, for you to be nourished by it. So, so I don't give you my opinions, which is why I spend a lot of time sharing with you what the scripture says and what I'm saying for myself. Oh, praise the Lord. It's important that. So that's one role that I have. The other role is to teach you the word, which is means that I have to study this, know it indeed, so that I can come before you here and share with you in simple ways where it will help you to understand. And then it is up to you to go on and do what you know you have to do, which is apply it. You know, there are times when even though we have been given our inheritance, we don't possess it. There's a difference between in having an inheritance and possessing that inheritance. In your position in Christ, you have the potential of that inheritance in Christ. That means all that Christ is, all that Christ has, is yours. That is your position in him. But the fact that that's your position does not mean that you possess it. 
If you don't want to do what you have to, that's what this message is for. To help you know, using the power of the spoken word, to possess what God says is yours. So the, the, the important thing is recognizing that God has given you this special heavenly oil to rob on you. Now, the Bible says that anointing is to remove burdens and destroy yokes. So if you have been put in, let's look at it in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Isaiah 10, 27. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke off from off thy neck. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. You know, yoke is to put you in bondage. Yoke is to, is to put an obstruction in your path. You know, a, a, a good example of a problem. A problem is anything that obstructs your way from possessing what God has for you. Amen. That's a problem. Anything that is in your way to obstruct you from possessing what God says is yours. It's a problem. But he says this anointing will destroy every yoke and every problem. So even though the problem is there, and there's somebody who brings a problem, his name is the devil, and his purpose is to keep you. Why do you think that he had the giants, the Anaks or Anakims, in the way towards the promised land? Why were those people in the very place where the Jewish people, the Israelites, had to pass through there on their way to the promised land? That is a problem. That came to obstruct them from possessing their inheritance. And for those who said because of the problem they could not possess their inheritance, didn't. Even though they were in the position they didn't, they didn't. Even though that was their inheritance, because God told them, I'm going to take you, to tell, told Moses to tell them, that bring them, I'm going to deliver them from Egypt and take them to the land that I promised their forefathers to inherit. So even though it was their inheritance, they didn't possess it. Amen. And why didn't they possess it? Their tool, the most important tool that God gave each person, which is their mouth. It's interesting, out of the 12 tribes, the 12 spies that came back, 10 said that they could not enter into the promised land because of the giants in the land. Now imagine God said, I'm taking you to the land that flows with milk and honey. They said, we cannot go in because of the problem. In this case, the giants. God said, I'm taking you to the promised land. They said we can go in because of the problem. They weren't seeing things with God's eyes. They were seeing things. With, in fact, they said themselves, we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. What will make someone that God has positioned them to have an inheritance but never possess it. Now, it doesn't mean that they're not going to make it to heaven. That's the difference between what happened in the wilderness and us because we have a better covenant. We will make it to heaven. Oh, but we will have lost a lot on the table. We will have lost a lot because people don't understand that, that, that our lives are supposed to impact upon the next generation. You have not done much in life until your life has an impact upon the next generation. That's why we want our children and grandchildren to be, uh, to be sown into the kingdom of God and flourish in the kingdom of God and have impact in the kingdom of God. That's what we want for our children and grandchildren. That the next generation will do even better than this generation, praise the Lord. That's what we should be talking about. But the way you begin by that is knowing what you have 
and how to possess what you have. Because you can have something and not really possess it. A person who has American citizenship but didn't actually utilize their citizenship rights to vote in an election is a person who didn't possess it. Even though they have it, they didn't possess it because they didn't execute what needed to be done to be able to do that. So I just want you to see that even though we are anointed ones, and that anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes, there's something that we have to do ourselves with that anointing to make sure that we possess what God says is ours. So let's talk about it. What does that mean to be a Christian? As a Christian, you are anointed within and then if you are called to a, a position in the kingdom of God, in the church of, of the Lord, then you have the anointing on, on you as well, upon. The second thing about being an anointed one or a Christian is to make sure that you recognize the words out of your mouth matters. That your craft, in fact, let me put it this way, your exercise of authority is based upon the words that come from your mouth. I know we talked about this story many times here. When I was on this street here called Clazo Highway and speaking in tongues as I was driving, the Lord spoke to me and said, this land, said, turn to your left hand, they said, the land over there is yours. We are in a place where your man of God heard the voice of God telling us that this land has been given to us. It took some time before I recognized that indeed, even though we paid to get this land, because of our dear late brother George, uh, who's home, would be with George McLaurin, this land was appraised double the, the price. And so it was 175000 It became twice that. That means there's equity of it in it. And that's the equity we used to, to pay off this land. So we got it for free. So when God says he's giving you the land, it is our responsibility now to do something about it. When he told me I've given you the land, if I didn't do anything about it, some other person would be here on this property today. Did you hear me? And so even the word of God says something about you, you have to do something about what you heard. For more information on Pastor Alexander Arthur or Word of Life Christian Center International, go to WLCCI.org or call 615-876-3086. And please consider joining us in person for services Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Or join us for our virtual services on both Facebook and YouTube. Thank you all for listening to uh, this program this morning, and I hope it was a blessing to you. And now, uh, I want, for those of you who have never had the opportunity to invite Jesus into your life, uh, that you pray this simple prayer with me. I say that, Jesus, I invite you into my life. Thank you for using your blood to wash away all of my sins of yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever, so the Father in heaven can accept me and take me as his child. And I declare because I believe that you are the Lord and the Savior that I am now born again child of God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. At Word of Life Christian Center International, we believe in the power of prayer. Send us your prayer requests by email at worship at wlcci.org or by phone at 615-876-3086. You can mail prayer requests to us at WLCCI, P.O. Box 23421, Nashville, Tennessee 37202. And remember, for all you're getting, get understanding, for the word of life changes lives.